The Sacred Changemakers podcast is supported by Coaches Business School, helping the world's most caring coaches build a purpose-driven and profitable business that makes a meaningful impact in our world. Check out their unique frameworks and methods to help you transform and grow your business. Now is the time to build a bridge from what you want in life to include what the world needs. You can do well in business and do good, and together we can make a meaningful difference. Find out more at coachesbusinessschool.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sacred Changemakers podcast. And today we're welcoming back Catherine Bell of The Awakened Company. She's a good friend and a colleague who is up to some really inspiring things as a business leader and an author. And as you will hear more recently, she's also writing poetry. She consults to organizations on how to create healthy, innovative corporate cultures. She's author of the book, The Awakened Company. This is Catherine's revolutionary business book that was awarded the Nautilus Book Award in Business and Leadership. It was also a bestseller on Amazon and chosen as eight of the best leadership books of 2015. And I guess it was recognized as one of the first of its kind as a top book combining business and mindfulness. Now, Catherine's been published in Fortune, Harvard Business Review, Profit, Conscious Company Magazine, Women of Influence, and she's written for the UN. She's worked around the globe from the UK to Cuba and with Fortune 500 companies to serial entrepreneurs. She's got an MBA from the Smith School of Business at Queen's University, a sociology degree from Western University, and is certified in the Enneagram, and she's a yoga instructor. She was also a general a Jarislowski co-fellow at the Haskane School of Business at the University of Calgary. So Catherine now focuses on awakening the fire within organizations as founder of The Awakened Company. She's got a partnership with Ross Hudson on creativity and the Enneagram. And she also started The Awakened Project, which ignites presence. She's created a jewelry line with a Canadian artist that symbolizes awakening, and 50% of The Awakened Project's profits go to setting up a fund to help female entrepreneurs start their own business. She also volunteers for the Impact Society and the Science Center, and she lives in Calgary, Alberta, with her husband of 26 years and their two sons. And when she's not chasing her boys around, you can find her learning to surf, play tennis, skiing, doing the occasional triathlon, taking another course, meditating or volunteering for something. So I'm guessing from that introduction, you're getting a really good sense of Catherine because, you know, it's true to say she is a very busy woman, which is why I was so pleased when she agreed to stop by the podcast for another conversation. I think you're really going to enjoy this dialogue as we go behind the scenes on life. We're really talking about self-care here and how hard it is for women and particularly mothers to embrace. We do discuss the Enneagram, the different types and, and how it helps with self-awareness. And we talk about the importance of integrity in all of our lives and what becomes possible for each of us when we awaken, how we can tap into the magic and the joy in life, even today in these disruptive times with everything that is going on. So if you are someone who is interested in developing themselves, of maybe becoming all you can be, I think you're going to really enjoy Catherine's energy and her deeply insightful musings. So without further ado, let me introduce you to my friend, Catherine, Catherine Bell. Hey, Catherine, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic because I am taking in the incredibly gorgeous inside outside woman that I am <laughs> sitting across from it's so great to see you again and be with you again Jane and thank you to everybody listening too <laughs> Catherine you know thank you so much for your kind words but I had to ask you back because your last episode was so popular with our audience all about the awakened company I was like we need an encore my friend <laughs> so I also know you have other projects that you're equally passionate about. So let's start kind of there. I mean, what is it that's really alive in your universe right now? Okay, first of all, 
something that you said resonated with me at what is alive in my universe right now. And, and the invitation, like what Joseph Campbell says, we match our heartbeat with the heartbeat of the universe and amazing things happen. And that's kind of what I feel like is emerging right now. So we are very, very engaged with a lot of corporate culture work through the Awaken Company. Uh, I'm doing a creativity and the Enneagram year-long course with Russ Hudson. I'm writing poetry. I'm teaching at uh, one of the top business schools in the world. I have a secret group that is about spiritual development and spiritual awakening. So right now, the world just feels very vibrant and full of possibilities. And, you know, life kind of invites us into, into it when we notice it. So like, how do we get in touch with the universe? How do we pay attention to all the little signs and symbols that are all around us all the time that are kind of nudging and asking for our attention? And I think Jane, for me, in kind of writing this playbook, writing a book on creativity in the Enneagram and writing poetry, it's like paying attention to what the universe is asking for, matching my heartbeat with the universe, as Joseph Campbell says. And one of the key kind of mm, keys to that has been the Enneagram. And the Enneagram has been working with me since I was a teenager and my mom and my aunt introduced me to it. So yeah, it's been a very profound, profound tool. And especially, um, around how I show up uh, and sometimes it's painful because it's like, Oh, I'm so habitual. <laughs> and so one of the things I'm doing this year, because I turned 51 is I'm going to break habit. <laughs> I am I'm dedicating the year to radical self-care <laughs> because my Enneagram instincts, not only do we have an Enneagram type, we all have Enneagram instincts, but my blind spot is self-preservation, which is taking care of the self. So at 51, you know, I'm not new on the street. I'm kind of, I've got my gray hair. Like, <laughs> how do I embody learning radical self-care at 51? Oh my gosh. You know, everything you've said there is just so amazing to me. And, and I don't just mean that I'm like blowing smoke up you, but really it, it feels that way because sometimes when I look out into the world, Catherine, I, I, I feel the disruption. I feel the turmoil. I mean, mass media is really good at platforming all of that stuff, right? And so sometimes it can feel like a really challenging time that we're working through. And yet here's you, this like ray of sunshine and light, like showing us that there's another side to the story, that you can be creative in these times, that you can awaken during these times, and that there's another conversation that we can be having. And that's the conversation I want to have with you because it's so inspiring just to hear you. And you're doing poetry now. <laughs> I know. And that is feels very vulnerable to me. Very, oh, very wow. vulnerable. But it just kind of popped. It pops to me. It just emerges. And Jane, one thing I'd love for people to really think about and understand, because I believe this to be true and real. When we have, and this comes from my Buddhist practice, when we have intention, mm. so good intention for humanity, for the planet, and awareness, so we bring our sensory experience to the moment, our physical senses, and our action or inaction, I believe magic can happen. And I believe every time we utter a word, it is magical and has a, a ripple effect on our entire being and other beings and the planet. So... I believe everybody is an instrument to enable good, healthy magic mm. to help serve humanity and the planet. So for example, everybody should have a personal aim. So my personal aim is 
to be forevermore a healthy muse for the universe, to radiate love, wisdom, and power in service to humanity and the planet. Mm. I love so that. the invitation is for everybody to embody what it is that they want to create. What do we want to create and who do we want to be in the world? recognizing for example for me i need to work on my self-care so like okay let's talk about practices around self-care let's talk about our enneagram types let's in a way in a frame that we embody what it is that we want to create yeah and that sounds so like powerful and inspiring as you speak to that and uh I whenever I think of you as I've said to you before I always think of awakening right and and you're speaking here from an awaken an awakening place right you've already been through some experiences that have got you to this place what advice do you give to people that haven't yet like got there or maybe they're still struggling to survive maybe they are living through the challenges of these times and can't see the other side of the coin. Like, do you have any like, like advice or musings? I do. <laughs> Those people. <laughs> I, I totally do. And um, first of all, I love that you termed it as awakening. You know, the Awaken Company book is called Awaken because Awaken sounds better than Awakening, the Awakening yeah. Company. But I believe we're, if we're still on this planet, we're awakening. Right. I don't think it's a conclusion. Right. So number one is keep learning. Adopt a growth mindset. Uh, as Carol Dweck said, you know, uh, growth versus closed mindset. To have an open perspective, open mindset, so that we can literally be um, get deposits in terms of how we should act next. And it hasn't always been easy for me. In 2008, when we started Blue Air, there was a massive recession, mm -hmm. and uh, Shahana and I had to forego our salaries to pay our team. So I have been in those shoes, and it's been some things are tough, and it's um, feels felt it felt at the time incredibly overwhelming and some things that help are number one cultivate your aim what is your I am statement what is it something that you want to take a stand for for yourself mm -hmm. your inner compass and your north star and inner compass I'm meaning what is your deepest heart longing and north star is kind of your outer perspective kind of looking to the north star which has guided travelers for so many forever really uh and repeating that to yourself as you go through any doorway have a clear aim meditation practice so practice stillness practice centering i also people really need some kind of spiritual base to operate from and i think that's often not communicated or we kind of want to sweep it under the mat but having a spiritual base allows us to lean into things uh, more deeply. I also believe everyone should know their Enneagram type and what their gifts are, what their work ons are, what their core wounds are so that they can take an active stance for their self-awareness. Because what we know is the more self-aware we are, the higher performing we are. So the more we go into who we are, the more we can actually elevate our behavior our potential and live into our potential so take a name know your enneagram type have a centering practice and have some kind of spiritual practice mm. to so, help cultivate the self cultivate yourself you know i agree with everything you're saying there because it feels so important to me when i look out into the world you know as a, as a change maker one of the things I know at a like a soul deep level is that is that awakening and change happens within first. You know, it's always from the inside out, even at an organizational level, even if that's a global organization, it starts within. So I love how you've brought this right down to the individual person and what one individual can do to really help move us all forward. Just like you said with that Joseph Campbell quote, you know, if you can vibrate the same frequency as the universe, um, then, you know, that's where the magic happens but I'd love to dig into this Enneagram a little bit I mean why the Enneagram 
Well, so we're at the cottage and my mom and my aunt uh, say to me, you're an Enneagram type eight. And I said, you can't box this energy in. I don't believe you. There's no way you can box this energy in. It's not possible. And I started to kind of look at it more and more and more and more. And I'm like, wow, there's a lot I can do to learn from this. And my aunt, who is an Enneagram type three, she said, well, you must go and uh, study with Russ Hudson. She was an executive search at Corn Ferry. And I was started executive search at the time. She's actually the reason I believed I could write a book is because she wrote a book um, called Roads to the Top when she was at Corn Ferry. And I'm like, okay, because of her, I think I can, I'm like, fine, I'll study the, the Enneagram. And it's totally changed my life. It helps me to understand who I am, uh, how I show up. So there's nine different Enneagram types, Jane. And then there's all of our instincts or subtypes, which are um, primal to us. Mm. So would you like it if I walked around the wheel of the Enneagram and then I walked around the wheel of the instincts as well? Yeah, I would love that. Okay. I won't do the instincts for each type, but I'll do just a general instinct. So why don't we start with instincts? Because they're more primal. Okay. Okay. So. Number one, well, this no number, by the way, when I say one or two, none of them, they're all equal. So there's three core instincts. We have a dominant instinct, a middle instinct, and then what is called the blind spot. So if you could just close your eyes as I describe this to you, Hmm. the self-preservation instinct, we're going to a party, Jane, you and I were going to a party. And the self-preservation instinct would wonder, is there a comfortable chair for me to sit on? Is the temperature at the party, is it going to be comfortable? Well, will the food there meet my dietary requirements? So it's all about kind of care of the self. Mm. High sensitivity to what I need to preserve myself. So that's a self-preservation instinct. The second, but again, not necessarily in any order, is the sexual or one-to-one instinct. And this is, Jane, you and I are going to a party and we're going to find somebody who's absolutely magnetic to talk to. (laughs) Our antenna at the top of our head is going to be lit on because it is going to be so juicy, alive, inspiring, and we won't want to leave because that person is so incredible that we just want to be with them. So this is a sexual or one-to-one or some people, or some people call it, I think transmitting, but this it's basically, it's a sexual instinct. It's our need to be with another really. Then the third instinct. Okay, Jane, we're going to a party what groups of people are going to be there? This is called the social instinct. What groups of people are going to be there? What topics will be covered? How can we be reciprocal when we're at the party? How can we make sure everybody's included? How can we ensure that there's kind of a social flow to the party? Being aware that you don't spend too much time with one person, not enough time with another. That the group, this is about the pack that we take care of each other when we're in a pack, kind of like wolves. When we're in a pack, we're good. That is the social instinct. So, um, so Jane, those are the three instincts, self-pres, sexual, and social. And now they all happen in an order. So I'm a social eight followed very closely by sexual. My sexual, my social flip often. So you'll notice I'm involved in a ton of groups. I'm involved. And for me, I'm community is huge. I'm involved with the science center. I'm involved with the impact society. I'm involved with momentum to help female entrepreneurs start their own businesses. Our social, that's my social instinct. My sexual is when I'm with someone, I'm freaking with them. I just like, I get so energized and really the, my energy goes up and do is becomes alive when someone's interesting to me. Right. And it's, it's a turned on a feeling, you know, it's a turned yeah. on, I, it's a turned on feeling, but my blind spot is self-preservation. Mm. 
I'm disconnected really from that. So I've been working for now my 51st year is about radical self-care. So that means going to all my checkups, doing my workouts, getting enough sleep, also self-care around not being pulled into too many groups. I'm not taking on any more work because that's part of self-care. When work to me and being involved with all these things is so juicy and so alive because I feel like, okay, I'm contributing to society, helping to make society better, but I'm burning me out. So everybody should know what their instincts are so that they can, And for example, one of my business partners, she's uh, socially blind. So I help her understand, well, this is the impact on the group when you do this. So it's a way to kind of understand ourselves, our teammates, our, our family. Um, For example, my husband is self-preservation and I outsource a lot of my own self-preservation to him. Right. Right. And my sons, I think are sexual. So I kind of understanding that really helps me understand how do I be around them? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like light bulbs, just knowing that. So for everybody to really understand, and you can go to a waking company. I've got a ton of free YouTube videos. Yep. Instincts with um, my business partner is uh, Russ Hudson, who's the thought leader in the world on the Enneagram. Yeah. Uh, so you can go to our YouTube channel. You can also, we have a ton of video on demand as well yep. that people can go to. Brilliant. Okay. Now, should we go through the nine Enneagram types? We can. Can I just say, I really want to come to this party with you. (laughs) But yes, let's go through the nine because that sounds, I mean, already you've got me hooked because it sounds so simple. Something that I can hold in my head that I can understand about the people around me and myself and really learn how to meet them where they are and what their issues, have this deeper understanding in what's going on in our interactive space. So I love that. And yes, I'd love to hear about all the types. No, okay, but Jane, what instinct do you think you are? What what do you think your stack is? Let's play with this. I a don't bit. know. Yeah. Um, what you were saying sounded very familiar to me. Let me say that. So um, I assume like community is very important to me. Social, I think, is very important to me. Um, And I think I sometimes lose myself in relationships. So I burn out because I get so excited about what I'm doing and the, the passion projects that I'm running and things that I often kind of take care of other people before I take care of myself. So that sounded really, really kind of familiar and I'm not just saying this, but also when you said that when you're with someone, you're completely with them. <laughs> That's kind of it for me as well. And I'll say how it's playing out in my 50s because I'm a little older than you. I'm 55. And I'm noticing how um, and I actually I've not said this publicly before, but I had said it in one of my, my mastermind group. I'm noticing how I'm losing tolerance for people where that spark isn't there for me. Right. And so as I'm as I'm maturing and getting into my older is it's like I'm searching for that spark more like I I want to feel like my lights turn on inside when I'm talking to someone and I really don't have time for the kind of gossipy. I don't know. It feels like low energy conversation to me. Like I I, I want di- I want to go deep. I want to go in the d- dive in the deep end of the pool with people. And so what you said sounded very familiar. And I don't know if I know it well enough to challenge myself on anything. And I don't know, have you got any questions for me to help me hone in? (laughs) Where do you most lose yourself? In relationship. And where are you, um, where are your gifts? I think my gifts are in uh, creation, creating things, in inspiring other people, holding energy and space for transformation and change, deep transformation and change, Um, inspiring people. I think I do that kind of easily. Um, I would say that a client actually said to me to this recently, they said, you hold the space for hope when I had none for myself at all. Like you made me believe in myself when I couldn't believe in myself. So you held that space for me to grow into. So I think that's part of my gifts. Mm. Um, And then writing and creating and 
design, the artistry of things, all of that I love as well. But I'm also future oriented. So like I, I'm not just working for stuff that will be here for my lifetime. I don't just want my life to mean something in its lifetime. I'm really interested in being a really good ancestor for the generations that come after. Mm -hmm. So I have a strong future orientation as well, which sometimes pulls me away from the present. <laughs> mm, yes. So what what um, some hints I would give you for your instinct is your dominant type is where you have the biggest gifts and the biggest neuroses. And it takes more than just a podcast to decide your instinct. Right, right. right. Deep work. <laughs> Work. So I put you on the spot a little. And it's important to think about to how do we actually apply this? So for me, for example, social is I'm really good at great at bringing groups of people together. My, my neuroses around socials, I can get really, really quiet, not really wanting to be seen in the social sphere preferring to operate in the background so it's like my greatest gifts and work-ons are in that social mm -hmm. sphere and the middle the middle instinct it tends to be where we're most comfortable right so I'm most comfortable having an incredibly rich dynamic woven tapestry of of conversation with somebody like to me oh, that was okay. like yum <laughs> that's why we and get on so well <laughs> it's true it's so so that might be um I don't lose myself as much when I'm kind of in that dynamic with somebody um and it's sparky and I also think Jane back to what you were saying an invitation once we get to a certain age and I wish I realized this earlier in my life to say no to all the stuff that oh yeah <laughs> oh my word I wish I learned that when I was younger I just thought that was so insightful of you like so insightful just to kind of like it's not worth my energy right. or to get caught into it back to our words are magic what we're communicating yeah. and how we are with other people has an effect yeah and the blind spot tends to be things we don't even realize right. so for people to think about you know how good am I at self-care? And then yes, no. And you can kind of do a little chart, right? Yeah, I'm not good. Around these instincts. I'm telling now. Yeah, I'm not good at self-care. I'd like to be a lot better at it. And I even schedule things in my in my calendar. And then when it gets to it, that's when the issues come in. So I know I should <laughs> be better. But what I do is when I get to it, if there's something else, which is usually around my work, that I'm passionate about, I will always put that first and it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. And it gets back to that. If we, when we change ourselves, we change the world. Yeah. So, and then we'll have more energy when we take care of our wellness. Yeah. Then we'll, we'll have more energy for our work and we'll have more impact, but it seems counterintuitive because for me, for example, I just want to go out and have impact. Right. I need to come in before I can have even deeper impact. Yeah. Yeah. So for everyone to play with and get familiar with your instincts, I think is something and coaching and coaches can really use this material to benefit not only themselves, but their, their coaching clients. Yeah. Yeah. So important. I believe so important. So I do want to ask you, cause you mentioned that this is your year of radical self-care. So before you go around the wheel, what I mean, how, what does that mean? Why radical? <laughs> radical because it's such a blind spot. Right. And I'm a mom too. So not only am I involved in multiple businesses, multiple phil philanthropic adventures, multiple, uh, I'm involved with universities, I'm involved with centers for, for purpose, I'm involved, I'm really involved, and I'm a mom. So what gets given up first? Yeah, I can me. guess. Yeah, you yeah. Because it'd be the same for me as a mom. It's like as moms, we put, well, we put our kids first. So, you know, it's something I've always done. And my eldest is now 30. I'm still doing it. 
Well, and so I have one son in uh, one son in second year university and one in the last year of high school. And I'm if I don't do it now, when am I gonna do it? Yeah. And I have a tendency to really give my energy away. And I want to stop that behavior unless it's honored. Unless it's honored. So radical self-care, it means so many different things. Mm. Uh, on an emotional level, it means not giving myself away. Mm. On a physical level, it means getting enough sleep, eating well, um, exercising. I love to play tennis. And I love windsurfing and being really active and en engaged. I also then get energy from doing that. Yeah. Um, so really taking care of, of um, my physical well-being, the relationships that are closest to me is also a form of radical self-care. But the relationship to myself is the first form of radical self-care. And Another example of my practice, I've committed to doing a nundro for the next year, which is a spirit reading a spiritual text every day and contemplating on it. And the last contemplation I did was on karma, on the infallibility of karma. Mm -hmm. And yeah, doing that practice, that's a big act for me to commit to doing that for a full year because my energy likes to scatter. I'd like to do, you know, a Terra practice, a Prashna Parpita practice. No, but this year I'm going to do this Nundro for the year. In a way, radical self-care for me is spiritual discernment. Mm -hmm. Having the discernment to choose what is, what is Catherine need versus what does the world need? What does do my kids need what do my husband need what do my business partner needs what do my colleagues need because that's where my energy has gone other people their energy will be different than mine but it's back to kind of how is my own mansion how is my interior mansion and how am i taking a breath and doing what is best for this being because what is best for this being me will also ripple out into the world. And hopefully I can be a good example for other women to have impact in multiple domains and um, be of service in multiple domains and also to take care of our ourselves. Yeah. You know, listening to you, there's a part of me where I'm really applauding everything that you're saying. And then there's a part of me that's noticing how I'm applauding and, and questioning why we should need to kind of get into this, this conversation, why it's so hard for us as women and as mothers to actually, you know, kind of take a stand for ourselves as well as all the other projects that are important and people and relationships that are important to us in our lives. And there's kind of, I, I'm gonna be really honest and say there's a little tinge of sadness in there for me that we're actually at this place. But I also believe that these times are kind of soul defining times that we're going through. And I think it's time for us as women to really, really kind of, like you're saying, embody the, the radical self-care, but really inhabit ourselves fully is also what I'm hearing you say. It's like there's parts of us that have been fragmented potentially by the way we've been conditioned as women. And I'm hearing you starting to express those and live into those and embody them. And I just think it's so inspiring to hear you talk. Mm. Thank, thanks, Jane. It's, um, it's with a great deal of humility for seeing my own my own work ons and I also think if I can't own my power yeah then how is it going to be possible for someone else who may not be as fortunate as I mm. to own their power so I better start empowering myself and owning my power 
to serve other people, to own their power. Yeah. And I think in many ways, there's so many systems. Um, often, Jane, you know, only woman in the boardroom. Yeah. Sweating at, at the front of the room, introducing things like mindfulness and centering. And it's not for the faint of heart. And I think we must go into it in terms of owning our own power as women. Mm-hmm. We are, you know, we give life. So it's time for us to give life to our full selves. My mom often said, she know, she felt like she could be a nurse or a teacher. And those were her options. Well, not so much anymore. So I really would encourage everybody listening and encourage ourselves. It's incredibly sad that I'm talking like this. Mm. So, you know, and it's incredibly sad that I'm, um, that I've given myself away so many times. And now is the time to really empower ourselves to be of service to to humanity and the planet. And also radical self-care involves not burning ourselves out. And I really do think and feel that the planet is burning out because we've been on this perpetual motion machine and i'm saying no to it no no it's time even though my energy is drawn to being in that social sphere to being out in the world to be doing things no i'm coming back and coming home and pausing and no more of this um relentless activity because it really doesn't serve me and it doesn't serve other people and it doesn't serve the planet in fact that's probably what's gotten us here in the first place yeah yeah and it's a bold move that you're that you're taking and I love it and I applaud it and I'm I'm with you my friend I really am in fact I'm going to come off this call and start structuring some more radical self-care for myself that's how inspired I feel by your energy because here's here's what's different you're not just speaking to this you're not just saying this is what we should be doing this is you know here's my advice go away do it here's my tips and tricks and tactics you're actually living it and when you speak I feel you I feel the, like, the sadness, you know, where you have given yourself away. And I, and the thing is, I know it because I've done the same. And I think there are many, many of us out there that have kind of done this. We've lived the way we've been. I've heard a few people calling it good girls, you know, the good girl syndrome. We've done what we thought we should do. We've inhabited the space that we thought we should as a female. And now we're realizing these are changing times. And, you know, why not? <laughs> That's kind of as simple as it comes to me. It's like, why not? <laughs> I don't know any woman who hasn't had the experience that I have had, yeah. which makes me realize it's uh, a system. Yeah. And I'm learning this. So I don't want to act like it's done this is something I'm committing to like this is I'm learning radical self-care but Uh, that's the awakening isn't it that's what you talk about about the awakening in the present tense it's not that you've awakened in the past and now you're some amazing person it's like we're in the learning every moment of every day I totally get that that we're if we stay open we can keep evolving. We can keep awakening to mm-hmm. every moment. And so I, I need to ask you, what are you learning through this year? I am learning that there's a lot of fraud. Mm-hmm. And what do I mean by that? There's a lot of spiritual teachers who, when they're off stage, their life's a mess Mm. and I'm done with any kind of how I live is how how we are now is how I am yeah and that is so important that integrity yeah and to have real impact I think we need to be in integrity 
in how we are. So for me, radical self-care is an act of integrity with what I, what I'm working on and what the awakened company stands for. The awakened company stands for learning and growing in the moment, Mm -hmm. living into our potential so that we can serve humanity and the planet in the deepest of ways. So, and, and the, 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 the model, the traditional model has got to go of the person like that. And I think that's the fraud that I'm talking about. The CEO who no one will say anything to. The CEO who everyone acts like is gold, but underneath there's nothing there. I'm done, done with that. Um, Inc. just rated me as one of the top 10 CEOs who are innovating for the future. And, and the innovation begins at home. The innovation begins at home. So the innovation is what is radical self-care for me today and building it into my day. One of the things I love to do for a while, I did, did my calendar on my computer and I realized it really didn't work for me that I physically need to write out things, the kinesthetic. So I now write out like every day, what's a version of self-care for me Mm. and committing to it. Yeah. Like yesterday I went and had my teeth cleaned and I really didn't want to go, <laughs> but I went because I, I committed to it because I committed to it. Now we've got to do the nine Enneagram types before yes. we sign off. Yeah. Okay. So we begin, typically we begin with the eight, which is my Enneagram type, which is the challenger mm-hmm. and the challenger. So there's the belly centers which are eight nine and one heart centers two three four head centers five six seven so we'll start with the belly center and it's our sense of anger (laughs) anger is huge so eight uh challenger says quite a bit we like to challenge the status quo we want to have impact we want to um be a positive force in the world Where our work-ons are, we don't typically like to be vulnerable. We want to be strong. We want to feel alive, vibrant. Typically, we apply more force than is necessary. That's the energy piece. That's all. I have a lot, a lot of energy. And I can over apply that to the point of I give my energy away. Right. Right. So it's like, okay, so that's the eight, the challenger. Nine is the peacemaker. The peacemaker, it's they're the people who can hold it all. They can hold perspectives. They can see this perspective and that perspective and this perspective and that perspective. They may not always have their own perspective entirely clear. So they'll be agreeing with everybody because they just want to keep the peace. Canada as a country is a peacemaker, <laughs> right. right? Like we just kind of like, there's this sense of, we can be sometimes numb as a culture, but at the same time we hold the beautiful, it's a, in Canada, in Canada, it's a cultural mosaic. You know, that variety is welcome. That variety is welcome. So that is the peacemaker. And we all have these, by the way, we have one dominant type, but we have all nine types within us, Jane. Mm -hmm. So we can't, and we have access. Most importantly, we have access to all nine types. Okay. So eight, nine, one is um, the reformer. And I call these the red penners of the Enneagram. They see what's right. They see what's wrong. They um, know the way it should be done. They like to keep the line of integrity. This is right. This is wrong. Let's get, let's just keep on getting this right. They tend to use should, ought to a lot. So eight, nine, and one, all of them are anger. And the um, eights is kind of this impulsive activating anger. The nine is the suppression of anger. And the one it's get it right anger. And when things aren't right, like what is perfect? would be a good contemplation, for example, for a one. What is power would be a good contemplation for an eight. What is peace would be a good contemplation for a nine. 
So those are the body types. Now we'll go, we'll move to the heart. The two, three, and four. So two is called the helper. And these are people at the party who would be, even if it wasn't their party, they'd be help ser- helping to serve. They do things to get love. And that two, three, four, it's the, it's the heart, but it also has to do a lot with our image. So they can sometimes give to get. They can sometimes be um, incredibly loving with mushy, like mushy, no backbone, nothing there. Um, so that's the the two good contemplation for the two. What is love? What is love? Now the three. These are the achievers. These are the people who are out in the world. They have their goals, their to do lists. They're gonna. Um, they're going to get the gold stars. They're the people who want to achieve. Now, for example, Lance Armstrong's probably a three. What limits will you make? What is important for you? What, what are some things you need to consider about your achievements? So really for threes to get in touch with their heart about what is true success. So good contemplation for the three, the achiever. What is real success? Now the four the Alanis Morissette, Johnny Depp's of the world, the individualists, these are the deep interpersonal types where they really want to understand the inner landscape in a very deep way. They're very self-referencing. They're very about their own interior mm-hmm. and interior feelings. The, a good contemplation for the four is what is depth? What is real depth and what is real individuality? Mm. Often we see the people who consider themselves as very individualistic and they'll hang out together and they all look the same. Like, so it's, we, all of these, we all have these kind of, and we all have aspects of all these different types. Now let's move to the head center, five, six, and seven. So five is the observer, Stephen Hawking. Albert Einstein, they're going to go into problems in detail. Russ Hudson, who I work with, they're going to go into, like Russ has dedicated his entire life to the Enneagram. You couldn't make me do that. No way. <laughs> like w- the world is like, there's so many things. I have a lot of 17. The world is so interesting. I couldn't just study one thing. No possibility. But, but we need those people because they illuminate new things. So five contemplation would be what is real knowledge? What is knowledge itself? Then there's the six, which is the loyalist. And the loyalists are the funny, funny types. They're very self-deprecating. They're always looking for support in one form or another. They doubt a lot of the time. And they scenario plan a lot of the time. So just a quick story here. My mom's a six and I went for a walk with my boys and my my mom and dad said never walk behind the cottage because that's where the septic field was. I'm like, forget it. My dad's died. I'm walking by the septic field with my parents, with my sons to get to the rock. Well, the septic tank lid was slightly ajar and Slumdog Millionaire, I went right through the septic field. Yeah, disgusting. Slumdog Millionaire, when they goes, when he goes through the latrine, that was me. Anyway, I know we're pressed for time here, but <laughs> my mom, being a six, said, I just knew this was going to happen. I scenarioed a scenario planned. It by, so by the time I'd run down to the lake, dove in the water, get cleaned off, she's like, had everything laid out for me that I needed and been in touch with uh, my uh, former brother-in-law who does infectious disease <laughs> because she knew it was going to happen. So they scenario plan negative scenarios. So that's the six, seven, the enthusiast, <laughs> the enthusiast is like, give me brainstorm. There is life is like a shiny object. And, you know, there's so many things we could go in for each Enneagram type in terms of depth. So I'm just, we're just hitting the high notes here. In many ways, it's the avoidance of pain Mm -hmm. because they make everything else so joyful. Everything's joyful. Everything's possibility. So a good contemplation for the 
um, seven is what is real joy. Mm. And we'll find real joy contains suffering and it contains, because if we don't have the opposite, we won't know the other. Mm. So the seven, this joy bunny, the idea person, <laughs> the uh, they're pied pipers because people kind of want to follow their energy because they have so many great ideas and because they hold out the sense of potential and possibility for others. And they also see optionality in a way that's very creative and alive and juicy. So there in very brief order are the Enneagram types. That's fantastic. Oh, thank you so much for doing that. As you were going around all the different types, I get what you say about us having all of them because I mean, some to a lesser extent than others, but I could see parts of myself in all of them. Um, but of course, when you got to seven, I was like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> So where can people go to actually find out their type? Because I'm sure that's a top of mind question for people after listening to you now. Um, is there a link we can put underneath in the show notes? Um, yes, there yes. is. The one thing I would suggest people do actually mm -hmm. is by October 11th, this will be launched. Um, I have an app that I'm working on called Awakenly. And they can go to awakenly.app. Yep. So it's A-W-A-K-E-N-L-Y. This is new, Jane. Oh, wow. This is new, new, new. And it will have a survey to complete your Enneagram type course descriptions. And then you'll have access to videos Brilliant. and also daily prompts called um, daily whispers, um, oh mantras, uh, and the centers. Fantastic. I can't wait to see this because I know the quality of the work you do, Catherine. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay. We are so excited too. And my business partner is a psychologist and she's just incredible. Dr. Tamara Sattler. Oh, brilliant. Well, mm -hmm. my friend, I'm noticing the time. I know you have to run, but I want to thank you so much for stopping by and just sharing all this goodness and light that you have that is you with us and our audience. So thank you so much, Catherine. Jane, it's an honor to spend time with you and more to come. Yes. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye. Okay, guys, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening in. And before we go, I want to remind you that all the resources and links for our guests are in the show notes at sacredchangemakers.com. A big thank you to our members of Coaches Business School, who are our podcast sponsors and our extended community who are helping us make a global impact aligned with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, all visible on our website. And if you're looking for more soul in life and business, if you have a sense that you have a calling, maybe you have a bigger impact or you just simply want to connect with others on your change making journey, or if our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. Again, you can find out more at sacredchangemakers.com. So for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your intention and efforts to make our world a better place. Until next time, lots of love.